Hey everybody, this is Swazo with True Chicago Sports Fans, the podcast. Today's guest is Isaias Velasquez. He's an independent wrestler right now wrestling for Freelance Wrestling. I was able to talk to Isaias on his early beginnings in wrestling all the way to capturing the title for Freelance Wrestling and much more. Stay tuned. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Not much. How are you? You know, just dealing with the pandemic one day at a time. <laughs> That's all you can do, right? That's all we're doing, yeah. I'm uh, glad I was able to catch you, man. So, you know, just going to ask you a couple questions, you know, see how you're doing. Um, I know for, we're on lockdown, so I know you haven't been performing at all. So how, how's that been affecting you? Um, uh, surprisingly enough, it's it's a blessing and also a curse. Uh, blessing in terms of I finally get to rest my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because, you know, pro wrestling, they had, it has that notion of people always saying, oh, it's fake and everything. Um, but the reason, one of the main reasons, too, why a lot of wrestlers get offended when you hear that is because, you know, all those moves that we're doing, like, yeah, some things are, you know, trained, I guess you could say, or taught, um, like on how to fall and how to do certain things, but they still hurt. That's never, it's never not the case of it not hurting. Um, and I've had so many injuries from head to toe, I can't even, it's ridiculous. And um, not only that, it's just like so many nagging injuries that I had um, while I was wrestling that I was wrestling to through. Like I sprayed my ankle and I was still wrestling on a sprained ankle like wrapping my ankle up every single match with like an entire roll of athletic tape. Um, I had got dropped on my head maybe almost a year ago, it was last August, and um, my neck has just been annihilated. But I would wake up or out the next day just sore beyond belief, not being able to turn my head. And uh, now with like this lockdown, <clears throat> I've been able to rest up everything. And then, you know, you know me from the past, like I've, I'm actually a personal trainer, so... <clears throat> Um, I've been able to do rehab on all the injuries that I've had. Now I feel great. It's really weird to feel normal now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's the blessing in disguise that you are your own personal trainer and you know how to rehab everything. So you've been able to get to that firsthand. Like, okay, I know what this injury is. I know how to rehab it. And I know how yeah. long it's going to take. Um, and then like the cursed part is just, I, I miss going out there and performing and wrestling in front of fans and just, interacting with all the other wrestlers and stuff because not only do I wrestle but I'm also uh, a trainer at the Freelance Wrestling Academy and being able to go and teach people or help people take that step into wrestling and help them along their way uh, training I see them twice a week and you know not to be able to see them is a little little sad I miss them so when was the last time you took a, a bump um I know we had trained, I think it was probably a week, was it a week? It was a week before we got locked down. So it's been, what is that? How, how, I don't even know how long it's been since uh, been Yeah, on. I've lost track of time. <laughs> it's it's got to be over, over two months at this point. Yeah, because I lost track after a month. After that, I didn't count anything. I was just like, it's quarantine day, whatever. It's just, it's too long that's what it is but it's yeah well however long quarantine has been um that's about the time that you know the last time i've actually like been in a ring and bumped and stuff 
How do you think that's going to affect you when you first take your your, your first bump back? It's funny because the joke going around with a lot of us is saying, oh, I can't wait for that first bump. I think it's going to hurt so bad. Um, but like how I was telling you that my body feels normal again, I'm hoping that it's not going to be terrible and that my body's just kind of going to go into a little bit of shock, but then it's going to remember and I'm going to you know, build that callus up again. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's got to build that callus, that resistance to that, to that, uh, to the mat again and the ropes. Yeah. So I- I'm sure I'll probably get back into the swing of things, giving me like maybe two training sessions, probably even three, um, hopefully, but we'll see. So, uh, just going to start from the beginning. What got you into wrestling? Um, I remember watching it with my dad for the first time. I had never, I didn't know anything about wrestling or didn't even know that it existed. And my dad sat me down and told me to watch wrestling with him. I think I was seven years old and it was WWF at the time. And I remember just seeing these larger than life characters uh, performing and I I was hooked instantly. And then from that point on, I just literally just kind of continued watching, watching, watching. And then I remember one day I, uh, I told myself and I told my family and like my friends and stuff, like I told my dad and my dad, I told my dad, I want to be a wrestler when I grew up. And I remember my dad laughed at me, which is funny. Now (laughs) at the time it was heartbreaking, Uh, but my dad laughed at me. And then all my friends just basically made fun of me throughout my entirety of school of uh, grammar school. And then I remember telling my mom, like, hey, I want to be a wrestler when I grow up. And she said, you could do anything you you could be anything that you want to be. And I'll always support and love you. And that's like ever since then, I just kind of just continued watching wrestling religiously as a kid all like through high school. And then I had met my best friend in high school. And uh, he loved wrestling just as much as I did. And he told me, he said, hey, when we graduate, we should find a wrestling school and go learn how to be wrestlers together. I said, if you find a wrestling school, I'll go. And uh, it was when we graduated high school. I think it was spring semester of college. He found Windy City Pro Wrestling, which is not running anymore. And we went. We went just for a tour and a con- like a quote unquote consultation, just to talk to the owner and everything and see the place. And I remember I signed up that same day. Wow! Just went. just dove into the deep end of the pool. Like, let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the promoter being shocked. He said, oh, you are? And I'm like, yeah, I just, I'll just sign up right now. And uh, I signed up right away. Uh, my best friend Pedro didn't sign up because he was um, away in college uh, at uh, Antioch College in Columbus, Ohio. So when he came back for spring or for summer break, then he signed up and he, he wrestled as well too there. Um, but yeah, it's just that happened and never going back. Like it never turned back. <laughs> So did you play sports in high school? I played baseball. You played baseball? Well, from the age of eight all the way until 18. I actually also got offered a scholarship uh, to a college um, for to play baseball. And I actually turned it down because the college that offered me the scholarship, they didn't have uh, graphic design okay. as any majors or any classes. It, 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 was, uh, it wasn't an art school, so they didn't have anything as it pertained to computers and that's what i was like really into at the time and uh, i remember i turned it down because of that but yeah i played baseball i played uh 
center field and second base. Nice, nice. So at this point, your your first second year of college, you're in wrestling school. Mm-hmm. Are you you're still watching the product? I'm, I'm assuming at this point. I mean, this is what late nineties, two thousands. Uh, 2004. 2004. So this is the end of the, of the attitude era. This is a ruthless aggression kind of era coming into, to, yep. to what you're watching. A big transition. Um, yeah. So, obviously, you got hooked by watching wrestling as a kid. What match did you just do? You'd always like gravitate to that. Say that that's what got me into it, and then follow that up with. What match, as you're training, as you're more of an, an, an adult at this point, what match do you say, okay, this is what I want to style myself after? Um, so I, I can't remember specifically what match got me hooked as a kid. I could always remember, though, what match I continuously watched on repeat sure. all the time. Yeah. Uh, that was, I forget what year it was, but it was SummerSlam. And it was Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels for, uh, for in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Classic, right? Yeah, Just classic. It was the second. It was a rematch from the previous uh, WrestleMania ladder match that they had. Right. And I remember watching that match continuously over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, that was with the one match that I always watched. I know when I first started getting into everything. Uh, I remember watching King of the Ring where Bret Hart won. Yes. And I watching the Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect match. And that <sighs> match was amazing. That's just... And that's, that was what basically ignited me to have Bret Hart as my favorite wrestler as a kid. He's just a um, technical just specimen. Just everything is just so perfect the way he does everything. Yeah, he, he was awesome. I, I know everybody's always either Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart, but I was Bret Hart. My, my, my favorite wrestler was Bret Hart. And then, of course, like I ended up liking Shawn Michaels as well too. I like both of them. So Yeah, I mean but, it's apples and oranges, but they're still both great wrestlers, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh I think the match after I had been in wrestling and training was probably from TNA at the time. It was AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels in a thirty minute Iron Man match. That was uh the match that I remember watching and I was a humongous AJ Styles fan so I at that point that's I was telling myself that's what I kind of like model myself after I mean AJ's another workhorse he's he's another Shawn Michaels he can yeah. go 60 minutes 90 minutes you, you ask him to do something he just he's gonna perform it and just blow it out of the, out of the, out of the stadium like he's just that amazing and it's yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we're able to see him on the big stage now, but watching yeah. his early matches, they're just as good. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Talk to me about the wrestling school. What, what was your experiences with uh, the wrestling school? Uh, the, the wrestling school that I came up with? Yes. Um, it was definitely, it was harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was funny because it was cool. It, the way that they explained it was, oh, this is the old school mentality of training, uh, which is in large part a lot of tough love and you have to have very thick skin and you have to be uh, mentally tough in order to go through everything. But 
I remember they're always telling us, oh, if you thought, if you think this is tough, we had it even tougher than you guys. And, you know, they would always say that, which I wouldn't doubt, but it was very, it was very demanding. They would make us do a lot, but at the time it sucked going through it. But I remember after my first training, uh, my training, my first training day, I remember after that first day, I remember driving home and just big smile on my face, even though I was exhausted and on the verge of throwing up. <laughs> uh, it was, it was amazing. And, uh, I thank them a lot because I was basically the smallest guy in the school. Okay. So I was always the test dummy for new moves that people wanted to do. And <laughs> even when we had practice matches, they would always throw me around. And I remember one training session, me and another uh, guy that I came up with, we were the only two that actually showed up to training. And the trainer and the assistant basically had a wrestling match with us for two hours. And they literally just did every move they know and they just beat the crap out of us for for two hours but i honestly remember that match and look back at it and think that like definitely helped me be physically tough in the ring and be able just to go through everything i mean Uh, yeah i mean two hours with with the person i mean it's literally personal (laughs) training and they're tossing you around and they're showing you how to how to uh take these moves and how to perform and that is both physically and mentally tough right there. Yeah, it was it, it was something. I, re- I remember us telling the, it was like a Tuesday practice and that Thursday, because we would have training days Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And, uh, me and the guy that had showed up, his name is Marche Rocket. Okay. Me and him, we were always at every single training day. And I remember when we showed up on that Thursday, everyone showed up. And um, because Tuesdays were known to be really hard, like physically hard to push to, because it was like an hour of calisthenics right beforehand. Then if it was nice outside, we would go run a mile. Then we would come back in and do uh, running the ropes. And then we would start training. And so you were basically blown out of the water already by the time you actually started doing anything that you wanted to do in the ring um, as far as moves go. And I remember me and him, on that Thursday, we were giving everybody crap, saying, where were you guys at? Like, everybody, they didn't believe that we were in the ring with them for about two hours and just having a wrestling match, essentially. Um, wow. I mean, we did take breaks, but it was literally just nonstop, just wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, I was talking to one of my students. It was just, I loved it. Even though it was really hard, I, I, I pushed through everything, and I remember just always being the first trying to be the first one there, either me or Marche, trying to be the first one there and the last one to leave every training day. Every single time they they uh, offered training, we were always there. And I just tried to take as much advantage of it as possible and just learn as much as I can. And um, it paid off because I know uh, within three months of my, no, was it four months? That was four months. Uh, four months of me starting training, I had my first match Four and there months. were, there wow. were, yeah, there were guys there that were literally training for maybe close to a year, and they haven't had the first match. Um, so I don't know if it was just the promoter was able to see the passion, or you know, the drive that we had to like continuously just try to get better and take advantage of every, everything, or if it was um, they knew that we were ready, which I would like to believe that it was both. 
Yeah, I mean, the work ethic was there, the passion was there, and then, you know, they were able to trust us, especially two-hour session. They're like, okay, well, these guys can are really legit. They want to go, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you got the nod from the trainers after that session. Like, okay, these guys are really serious about this. Let's see what we can do yeah. with them, and let's see how we can develop them. I mean, yeah. that that's intense. And in the wrestling business, in my opinion, it looks like, you know, the cream rises to the top. You know, if your work ethic is there and, and you're always someone that they can rely on, they're going to turn to you. Yeah. What was something that you yeah, struggled definitely. with? Uh, hard work gets rewarded for sure in wrestling. It always gets noticed as well. Um, something that I always tell the students that I train now. Probably just the conditioning at first. It was, it's really hard because um, you can basically run three miles or, or six miles and feel like you're in really good shape and, uh, you know, be physically in shape as far as going to the gym and being consistent and stuff. But there's nothing like being in ring uh, shape. There's just being in shape, being in ring shape. And it's very similar to other uh, other sports, kind of like how we were talking about um, The Last Dance. Right. And that part where Michael Jordan was saying, like, I was in shape as a baseball player, but I wasn't in shape as a basketball player. Yeah, like, not, night and day. Night and day, correct. Yeah, exactly. So I remember I had always been into fitness as a kid um, in high school and then going into college. So I'd always worked out, and I thought I was in okay shape. And then once wrestling started, it's just – yeah, you you can like how I said you could run three miles, but then you could be in the ring for maybe two minutes and you'd be dying, just dripping sweat and just out of breath. That was probably the hardest part for me um, was just the conditioning aspect of it. But and then just you know all the physical pain that you go through. I I got I had gotten dropped on my head uh, maybe eight months in, and I remember I couldn't breathe without like hugging a pillow when I was sitting down. Ouch. It, yeah, it was just hard. It was just rough. Um, and then another time, like I broke in my left ankle. So it's just, those were probably, that would probably be like the hardest part. Um, but other than that, though, I loved it. So what was your family reaction now that you, you're like, oh, I'm going to the wrestling school full time. This is exactly what I've been to do. I've told you guys since I was a kid. Now you're going through this, and then you're coming home, and your family's seeing these injuries. What what was their reaction like? <laughs> My mom would just shake her head, and uh, she would just say, "I don't know why you do this to yourself." Uh, that was her reaction all the time. She would always just tell me that. She still does it to this day. <laughs> Whenever I get hurt, <laughs> why do this to yourself? And I'm, oh, like, you should know by now. Like, <laughs> it's part. It's part of the nature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in this wrestling school, and you're you're learning the physical aspects. You're learning how to get conditioning. Um, were you learning how to like create a move set for yourself as a wrestler? I mean, how how does that come about? Um, I think for me, it was more so just uh, I know for a lot of guys too, it's just watching a lot of wrestling. So it's just uh, tape study, right? I guess you could say. Um, just watching the people that you like and knowing your limitations so but like me i know i could do a backflip but would i dare do a moonsault or something in the ring probably not because i'm not that confident with doing a backflip gotcha. um, so yeah some moves look really cool but you know you have to know how your body actually works and what you can do in the ring uh, and how you move your body uh 
for me, it was just watching a lot of a lot of the guys like Eddie Guerrero, uh, Chris Benoit, Dean Marinko, all those guys from WCW, and then uh, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. And you kind of take one move here, one move there from certain people, and you kind of put it together, and it creates your own style. Because mm-hmm. I know I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I told him that my favorite wrestler was Bret Hart. And when he, he was surprised, and then he said, you know what? I see that now. Like, seeing you wrestle, I could see how your favorite wrestler was Bret Hart. Because sometimes you just pick up mannerisms, and you don't even know it. Like, what's something you've picked up that someone told you about? What's that? What What's something, what mannerism you picked up that they say, you know what, that's that's Shawn Michaels, or that, that's Kurt Angle. Um, it was funny, because... Uh, one of the one of my biggest influences was a wrestler named Alex Shelley, who predominantly worked for TNA and for Ring of Honor, um, and he's still wrestling to this day. And back in February, or was it? It was January. Sorry, uh, I got to wrestle him one on one, and um, I remember going out there and then coming back, and then people coming up to me and telling me, "I can see exactly uh, why Alex Shelley was your favorite wrestler because you guys." There were certain things that you guys did where you moved the same way. Wow! And that was just that was just something that uh, I guess it was just for me watching a lot of his matches and just like picking up on things and just mimicking it without even knowing. Um, yeah. So, move, staying on the same topic with the move set, how did you create or or what was your thinking coming up with? what's called a finisher, you know, your ending move to, to win a match? Um, I'm trying to think of what originally I wanted my finisher to be. I feel like I remember I went to training and I told the trainers that I wanted this to be my finisher and they told me, no, you're too small. Uh, you can't do that against a guy who's 6'4 and 300 pounds or whatever. Okay. It, it wouldn't look right. Um, but I know the finisher that I have now is a double underhook pile driver. And, um, I remember always watching Bret Hart do a pile driver and I thought it was cool. Uh, and then I remember Shawn Michaels always doing a pile driver on the steel steps in big matches, right? uh, which looked devastating. And I remember I always liked that move. Uh, and then I remember watching a ring of, and so I was at a I was at a standstill. I'd always liked those moves, but I was always at like when, after they shot down my finisher idea, I was at a standstill, not trying to decide. Oh, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And um, I remember watching an old Ring of Honor DVD, and a guy by the name of Jay Briscoe did the double underhook pile driver, which was which he calls the J Driller. Okay. And uh, it looked nasty, and I said, "Oh, maybe I can do that." because it goes back to the, the power drivers that Brett and Sean used to do, and now that looked crazy. And um, I remember I was scared, really scared to do it <laughs> at training. I put down so many mats, and I remember I practiced it by like just falling, and then I practiced it. One of my friends was just telling me, just do it. Just do it to me. Go, go, go. I trust you. Just do it. <laughs> and I did it on the mats, and I, I did it on the mats, and, and nothing happened. And then finally he said, just take the mats out. Just do it on the ring. And I, I was like, I was so scared. And I did it. And as soon as I did it, I like got him. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. And ever since then, like, yeah, I think it's been my finisher since 2007 and I never changed it. Oh, wow. 
I think it's 2000. No, it's uh, 2005, I believe. But yeah, so it's been my finisher since then. I mean, that, that gives anybody an impression of like how much it takes to, to come up with a, a move that looks devastating, but really doesn't hurt the person. <laughs> I mean that. I mean that's a lot of, of what wrestling is, uh, as far as like you know making it look like it hurts so much, and and it takes two to tango. Um, is there another move that you would that you were considering besides the the power driver? I can't remember. No. I, I I really can't. Yeah, I uh, I can't think of what else I was considering. I know that was the one that. Uh, yeah, that was just the one that I remember coming up with after they shot down the other one. Right, right. Now that you you know, from the beginning to now, like you've evolved a lot as far as your skill set and, and now I'm pretty sure you've picked up different move sets, uh or added to your repertoire. Um what is something that you've like, you know what, I'm gonna add that. Or that you've seen something recently, like, hey, you know what, I can do that, I'm gonna add it to my move set or this might be possible for a finisher. I don't know, like something like that. Is there something that you've you picked up from wrestlers recently? Uh, not recently. Okay. I know for me too. I try to stay away from moves that I see other wrestlers doing. I, if anything, I try to do I try to do moves uh, that nobody really is doing at the time. Um. So looking back, going back maybe to the 80s, looking at wrestlers that, you know, no longer are performing or no one's using their moveset, maybe something that picking out of there? Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I know I would do that or I would just see moves that I, I think look cool to me and um, they fit the limitations that I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd probably adapt it. I know one of the moves that's uh, it's probably my most athletic move that I do. Um, and it's called the the standing slice bread. I don't know if you watched WWE. Yeah. Dean Kalisto do it, right? Brian Kendrick used to do it. Exactly, yeah. But I do it, or the uh, Ultimo Dragon, the yeah. DDT. But he just stands and he just does it from off the floor, and that's the one that I do, and that's probably the most athletic move that I do. I would like to think <laughs> because it's. <laughs> Probably the most dangerous. I I know a lot of people say like, oh, probably do a lot of crazy moves. I'm like, that's the craziest move I do. Yeah. Everything else is just a lot of kicks. <laughs> a lot of kick. Yeah, I, watching a couple of matches, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a lot of kicks in there. Um, yeah. So now we're we're out of we're at the end of wrestling school. How does how did you transition from being at the wrestling school to actually joining uh, an organization where you'll be wrestling full time? I mean, well, for them. Um, so for the longest, the school that I was training at, they were also a promotion that, uh, like, they ran shows as well. And I know um, when I was there, they had they had a mentality of, if you're training here, you're wrestling here, you can't wrestle anywhere else. Okay. Um, they were only rest, they were only running shows possibly maybe once every three months. Eventually, they picked up and they started doing once a month. But at the start, I remember it was literally for probably about the first two years of my wrestling career. I was wrestling maybe once a month or once every three months. It wasn't that consistent. And um, and I was always scared of, uh, of 
doing the wrong thing, so I didn't ask, oh, hey, can I start wrestling here? Or did you, would you recommend any other places to wrestle, to wrestle at so that way I could, uh, I could start learning more uh, from other wrestlers and just getting more experience under my belt? Uh, and I was always scared until I met uh, the friends that I came up with. We all started kind of just talking, and then one of my friends was, hey, we need to go out and start learning. That's the only way we're going to learn if we keep wrestling each other and wrestling once a month or once every three months. Um, we're not going to grow like how we want to. So we literally would start just skinning in cars together and driving to shows. And I remember one of the first ones that we did was we drove three hours to a show in Indiana and um, got paid $10 amongst the six of us. <laughs> And we were the happiest guys. Ever. Uh, didn't even pay for gas or for all of us to eat. But we were excited, and uh, you know, we went home with a big smile on our face because we took that step and um, started going out. And that's it. Kind of started from there, and we started going different places. Um, and then one of my friends had started a company called VWAA, which no longer exists as well. Um, and that was the place where they they asked me, they said, hey, would you be willing to come to here, wrestle for us, and then uh, be the head trainer at this school? And I said, yes. I remember going there, and they were more lenient about working other places, so I would work there. That was like my home promotion, and I would work other places, uh, like in Indianapolis and in Wisconsin and stuff. I never went anywhere too far out until maybe what was it, 2012, 2013, I started wrestling for uh, Shikara okay. on the East Coast. Yes. And that was very, uh, like, they would fly me out, and I'd be wrestling pretty much three times a weekend, um, every other week or every week sometimes. I remember there was a span of six months where I was literally gone every weekend, which was kind of cool. It was fun at the time while I was doing it. Um, but yeah, and then it just snowballed from there, where it's just, you, it's kind of like in, uh, the best way I could explain it to people that aren't in wrestling is, it's kind of like an indie rock band, where mm -hmm. you just drive from gig to gig to gig, hoping to get a break, and then once you know, somebody likes you, they give you a spot, and there you go. You have to go out there and make a name for yourself, but you have to do it in the right places, I would always say. Did you have any bad experience with any organization? Uh... I feel like I've always, I've been as professional as possible and um, so have everyone that I've ever, ever wrestled with. Okay. Uh, I've never had, I've, I mean, there was this one time <laughs> in, uh, in Milwaukee and this was just me being naive and new into wrestling. Uh, there was this one guy who's like, this is going to show you how old it is. Uh, he contacted me through MySpace. Whoa. Yeah. He contacted me and a bunch of other people uh, that are friends of mine and he said oh I'm running I'm starting this new promotion like he didn't have a name for the promotion he was just some random guy that nobody knew and uh, everyone was just thinking oh it's going to be a new place um, he said I'm going to start this new promotion I'm going to pay you X amount of money and it was more than I had normally had gotten paid at the time so of course I was like oh like, it's even better um, and we all drove up and it was a show in Milwaukee and we all did the wrestling show it was looking back at it it was just very unorganized 
uh, red flags were everywhere, but we didn't. We just thought, oh, it's his first show. It's, he just probably doesn't, you know, he has to get in the swing of things. Um, and by the time the show was over, we were all waiting around to get paid so that we could all leave. And uh, somebody came down and told us, hey, he just left. Whoa. He, yeah, he took all the money and just left and didn't pay they didn't pay the wrestlers. They didn't pay the guys for the ring to rent the ring. They didn't pay the guys that were doing the music. Uh, they didn't pay the venue. They just he just left. Wow. Uh, so that's kind of, that's probably like my only bad experience in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, it's it's you know you're coming up, you're naive. Yeah, exactly. I did, I I didn't know any better. Um, and he painted a good picture. So at the, now I'm kind of just always like. There's questions that I ask, and I mean no disrespect by it, but it's just, I, I guess I'm still shell-shocked from that whole experience that I always ask questions when I get asked about new places that I'm not familiar with. How did you go about constructing a match with that opponent? Um, that just basically goes then into just, uh, into what you learn at wrestling school. Okay. And that's why it's very key to pick a school that can show you how to construct a wrestling match together and what to do things like when to do certain things and when not to do certain things and stuff like that. Um, and that's why, uh, like I said, it's, just, it's, it's best to find like the best wrestling so that can give you the, the best experience and all that. Um, so basically you just stand there and you just, you talk to your opponent and that's it. But yeah, like, I mean, exactly what you said, where I always tell people, because like one of the number one questions I always get asked, like, so it's fake, right? And I always tell people, uh, the characters are, the outcome can sometimes be, uh, and then um, the, the stories right. are fake. And then I tell them everything else, and I always stand by this too, everything else is real. So, you know, the the falls on the ground, the strikes that we take, everything. I've had people that have elbowed me in the face and I broke my orbital bone, um, broke my nose. I've had probably three or four concussions from getting kicked in the head. Um, it's just, yeah. Um, so I was, you know, doing some research on you and it looks like you've won some championships. <laughs> uh, wh what was it like the first time you won your championship? Which championship? <laughs> well, let's start at the beginning. Uh, uh, so, funny thing is, my first ever match, I won a championship. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Um, I had no idea. I remember my first match. It was me, and I was with that guy, Marche, as well, right. and another, another guy. And at the company that we were at, Windy City, they were uh, notorious for having a lot of like just different belts. They had six-man tag, tag team, um, and then all in a, a wide range of other titles. And then they had the league championship and then the heavyweight championship, uh, cruiserweight championship, or not, not cruiserweight, it was lightweight, um, inner city champion, and then all these other champions. They had a lot of belts, and one of them was the six-man. So we were in uh, – six-man tag and we went against the champions the six-man tag champions okay and that was my first match and we won the belts on my first 
it was just kind of weird and um, because I had no idea. I was just excited for having a match finally. And for, I think it was about 15 minutes before we went out, they said, hey, give the belts to the guys and, and have them take pictures before they go out so that way they could look, you know, they could have pro pictures taken. And I remember grabbing the belt and just thinking to myself, wait, are, are we winning? And he said, yeah, why do you look shocked? And I'm like, because it's my first match. And he said, yeah, you earned it. Maybe <laughs> it's my first match. <laughs> um, so I was just more so shocked. I didn't really have that many emotions. I, I think I was more so uh, engulfed in the, the emotion of having my first match. Um, because I know for, I see my students that I have now, just the fact of having their first match, like it, it's such, it's essentially you are finally chasing a dream and you're realizing like, hey, I'm actually a wrestler now or I'm on my way to becoming a wrestler because I'm actually going to get in the ring and perform and do all these things. Um, so for that, I guess my the, the feeling of having my first match kind of overshadowed the fact that I won a belt. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's always funny just to say that, though, because people will talk about how their first matches were this or that and this and that. And they're like, what about your first match? And I'm like, oh, I want a belt on my first match. And I'm like, what the? And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like, Luck of the draw. Uh, what about for freelance? Freelance? Um, so I was the first ever freelance wrestling champion. And... I was champion for 364 days. <sighs> Missed the bad uh, one. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, too, the a funny story that not a lot of people know. Uh, we didn't plan this, but when I lost the belts, it was literally the day before it turned 365, and I literally, the match ended at 11.59. Oh, man. Yeah, it was like, seriously, we couldn't make this up. Wow. Um, Everybody was just amazed. They said, you literally lost the belt at 11.59. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, as soon as they hit three, it yeah. was 11.59. I was like, oh. I was like, had it been one more minute, it would have been 365 days. Um, but the first time winning it, it was just more so, um, it was a good nervous. Okay. Because the company was just starting. Uh, nobody knew who we were. Nobody knew who I was. Uh, I mean, people still don't know who I am, but at the time, like our fans didn't know, didn't really have that much of a connection with a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. uh, so still building everything. And it, it's really, it was really stressful and anxiety ridden and a lot of pressure for the owner to say, hey, here's the belts, make it mean something with your matches. And I like to believe that I did that because when I lost it, I lost it to Mustafa Ali, who's in WWE right now. Correct. Um, that's literally my favorite match that I've ever had. Um, and one of the big reasons why is because, you know, usually when guys lose belts, everybody, like, of course, everybody goes, like, they, they react and they, they cheer and everything. Um, but I had been a heel during that time. And I, I built it up to a point where I, everyone wanted to see me lose. So when he finally beat me, literally everyone jumped out of their seats and went towards the ring and was pounding the mat. And everyone, nobody was sitting down. Everyone was standing and they were literally cheering for about like two minutes after that. 
Well, that shows how good of a heel you were doing that everyone hated you and everyone was just elated that you lost and just that yeah. that reaction is something that I know you cherish just because you've been working for that. Yeah, and it, I mean, it also helped too that I was in there with a guy like Ali who is as amazing as he is. Like, he's an amazing wrestler and he helped me make that moment too. It wasn't just me by myself. How long was uh, Ali a freelance? Uh, so he... It was... June of crap. I can't remember. I think it was June of sixteen. Um, I think he had debuted there that February before he beat me, um, and he was there for how long? He beat me in June. He left that. December was his last match because that's when he got signed to WWE. Wow. So he was almost there for a year. But he left a really like big mark because for that year, like people always associate, like when they think of freelance, they remember that Ali was champion. Yeah, I remember talking to you about that, about that match. And you're like, yeah, you need to watch it. I'm like, okay, cool. And I pulled <laughs> it up and I was like, this is an awesome match. It really is an awesome match. Um, so... You talked about you were a heel while you you were doing your championship run. Yeah. Do you like being a heel or a baby face? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I was always, uh, for the, so again, going back to the Windy City days, um, for the first two years when I was there, they always saw me as a, a face all the time. There's like, oh, you're like, you just scream good guy. Mm-hmm. And I was just the stereotypical cookie cutter good guy not really much no personality at all whatsoever um and then i remember one time they had me be a heel randomly at one show and i just like so much emotion and personality came out of me because at at that point you just want people to hate you so you'll be willing to make yourself look like an ass and just do whatever you want right um and i remember my friends coming back to like I didn't know that you could do that. And I said, oh. Um, so it was like I had, they gave me that one match where I was a heel and then I was face again. So I was literally face until 2008 when that, when the company, uh, BWAA, my, my friend who was booking, he had said, hey, I want you to finally be a heel. And that's when I was able to just kind of like bring it out of me. But it wasn't until freelance that whole entire year that I was champion. That's when I really kind of found myself and found like who like I kind of like am like bringing everything as a heel. And from that point on, I remember the promoters just always telling me, um, "Just be you for the rest of the time. Like just be you forever, or just be that character all the time. Just be Isaiah." They would always tell me because I would ask them like, "Hey, like now that I, I lost, like what do you guys want me to do?" because they're kind of starting to cheer for me. And he said, I was like, do you want me to still stay heel? Or do you still want me to be face? And he said, just be Isaiah. I'm like, okay, you're not telling me what to do. And he says, well, you know, just be you and just do all the, sh- the crap, crappy stuff that you do, but acknowledge the fans now. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's my version of being a good guy. 
Right. Not not so much like you said, the cookie cutter, but your version of it. Like, I'm still going to be me. You're going to cheer me now because I'm a face, but I'm still going to do the stuff I was doing before. Yeah. And um, that was... So I, 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 I'm healed now Okay. at, at freelance. I, I went back to being a heel and uh, I enjoy that a lot more. Do you? I, I, feel, I feel more freedom being a heel. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you can pretty much you do anything as a heel because you're, yeah. you're trying to invoke a reaction. And as, as, a, as a face, you're, you're trying to get liked. And yeah. that, I think that's even harder. Yeah, because I, I know there's been times when I was a, like I've been a face and you know, I'm trying to get the crowd behind me, and of course there's always that one fan that says, "Oh, you still suck." <laughs> and <laughs> I turn and I look, and I'm like, "Oh, come on, man!" Uh, but I have to watch what I say, as opposed to me being a heel. If somebody says, "You suck," I can turn around and just flame them. Yeah, which I normally do, um, because that's I remember <laughs> somebody yelled out something at me and the two guys that are like kind of like in a, a small little group uh, that, that are with me. I remember we were beating down some guy in the ring and then some guy uh, just yelled out. He's, he said something about them too. And I literally just turned to him and I just smoked him. And he just stood quiet. Like he just stayed uh, sitting and it just had that like nervous smile of just like, oh, crap, you got me. And literally everybody around him was pointing at him and laughing at him. <laughs> I like, I feel bad, like thinking about that now, but it's at the time, like I'm in the moment. So I just, I'm trying to do my job. I mean, I, and I've been to a couple of your shows and, and you know, I'm, I watch wrestling from here and there and it's, you know, the fans want to be part of the show and yeah. especially in the independent circuit, they feel like they're, they are part of the show. They, they, are, Absolutely. they feel like they, they, have that uh, responsibility to get in your face and, and try to invoke the reaction from you. Yeah. How, what was that like the first time you got out there and you got, you know, you got flamed and, or, or, <laughs> you know, you got that reaction. You were like, Whoa, I didn't expect this. Um, it was just surprising. And it, it's and the, the other thing too, that as I feel like as a heel, you have to be very quick with it. Yes. Um, and I mean, there was, I forgot what somebody said. Somebody told me something and I had no comeback for it. And I remember I looked at him and I leaned close to him and I was like, that was a good one. And I just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because at that point, like, at least like how exactly like how you said at that point, uh, you know, he felt like he was part of the show and, you know, he legitimately, legitimately got me. Um, and that's one of the things that I love about, because uh, like, you've been to the freelance shows. Right. And you see the atmosphere, like everybody there wants to be a part of the shows and all the performers that are on the show, we, I feel like we do our best to get them involved in the show. And that just gives us a very different vibe than every other wrestling show. Everybody always describes freelance as like, oh, it's a, it's a party that we're going to. It's a party that happens to have wrestling and all these characters that involve us in the party as well too. And that's what I really, that's why I truly enjoy work, working and wrestling at freelance. It's just, that's, that's how it always, it's just, it's fun. It's always fun. Have you been approached by other organizations to join them not since you've been at freelance? Well, it's not, see, so like with independent wrestling, it's not like how WWE impacts uh, Ring of Honor, like AEW. 
it's not like how they offer you contracts and then you sign them and then you go with them. Right. Like you literally are an independent contractor okay. and you do like, I'll get hit up um, and ask like, hey, can I have this show available or I have this date. Uh, I would really like to use you on the show. Are you available? Can you do it? And then you go from there, right? Um, so there's, yeah, like I mainly, I would tell you is about freelance is my, is my home promotion. Um, and I don't see that changing any time in the near future at all whatsoever. Um, but there's also a company that I wrestled for in Milwaukee called Mondo Lucha. Okay. Um, they're a company that I wrestled for in Indiana, Crown Point, Indiana called Black Label Pro. Um, there is a company that I wrestled for close to Toronto. I think it's like, it's like in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Uh, it's called Alpha One Wrestling. Um, so those are the places that I wrestle for mainly. Um, there were other promotions that I wrestled for in Chicago, but uh, I'm trying to stick to just freelance now because I feel like it just, not to say that I'm special, but it, like if people know that they could only see me at freelance, it'll make them more inclined to want to go to freelance as opposed to, oh, that's Isaiah. Yeah, you could, you could see him any weekend. Here right. Give it more like kind of an exclusive. Like I'm only here. Yeah. You can only see and, me here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's my own. That, that's my own decision. Nobody like I'm not on a contract. Nobody is. It, nobody is told. Like especially at freelance, nobody is told. Hey, you could wrestle. Uh, only here. He's the the promoter is one of the nicest and coolest guys ever, and um, he's like, yeah, whatever you want to do, it's up to you. So. I know we're, uh, it looks like we might be coming off some restrictions. Do you have any word on uh, when your next show could be or when it could take place or where it, where it could take place? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Trust me, I've, I've, asked the, I've asked the promoter at Freelance and he is, you know, me and him are under the impression that we're probably not going to be able to, uh, to, to have shows until maybe like next year. Right, because of all these restrictions that they're they're having. I mean, it's awesome that Chicago is finally opening up to the point where we can have ten people and you know outside situations. Um, but I just hope it doesn't fall into the trend of other states that were opening up too soon, and then everybody was ordered under another stay-at-home service because the numbers spiked. Right. So, lastly, what is your next steps going forward? What what are your aspirations from this point forward? Obviously, you know we were hoping that you know everything opens up when we get back to a, a normal lifestyle, where we yeah. can enjoy going out and enjoying different types of events. But uh, where do you see yourself going in the future? Uh, as far as wrestling or just in general? wrestling, we we'll do in general afterwards. Um. Wrestling, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing because I am actually, uh, I used to, like how I told you, like I used to work as a personal trainer and uh, I gambled on myself and quit and decided to take that step to see if I could make wrestling my living. Right. And so far it's worked. Uh, and I've been able to live off of wrestling. Uh, despite all of this stuff too um, wrestling and like trading so like wrestling shows and then being a trainer at, at the school um, so I'm kind of just 
I'm not settling or I'm not content. I'm, I'm just like, I'm happy with where I'm at right now. And I'm more so of a person of if the opportunity presents itself, then I'll take advantage. But I don't like to, uh, to put myself in unattainable positions because then I feel when you do that to yourself, you just open the doors for you to become very bitter and resent a lot of things. Yeah, uh, what I like to be, what I what I like to get offered a contract by like the major wrestling companies. Absolutely, would I would I take that opportunity? Probably yes, more than likely. Um, but is it going to kill me if I never get offered a contract? No. And I feel like I'm just I'm just being realistic. Yeah. And honestly, uh, you know, wrestling for freelance right now and all the other companies that I I, I named. Um, it's it's always fun when I go there, and I just always want to be. I always want to have that mentality where I'm always just having fun. I never want to go to a wrestling show and feel like it's work. So if I could just keep riding that and maybe have other companies offer me a spot, and I feel the same way, like then that's what I'm going to do. Just going to have fun, you know. I mean, that's that's what everyone says, right? Follow your passion, and it'll never be work. Exactly, yeah, and then also to the like, what's meant for you won't pass you, and if it's meant for me to eventually one day have a contract, it'll happen. If not, then at least I'm cherishing and not taking for granted the opportunities that I'm having right now, and that's the way that I see it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Well, I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, I know you're a huge Blackhawks fan, so I know you're excited about hockey. <laughs> Coming through now with the... Uh, Wait, what is it? I didn't hear it. It's, so they're going to have a uh, expanded playoff. So they're going to be playing the Oilers in the first round. Dude, I, okay, so I saw that on Instagram. I was actually watching hockey videos right before uh, before we started talking. Um, I saw that the Blackhawks were playing the Oilers. I'm, and I was curious. I was like, what's happening? Because I didn't know. Yeah, so that they're still coming up with the logistics and so forth, but it uh, looks like they'll be playing each other for the first round. So the Blackhawks are in the playoffs. Nice. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. That's good news. Thank you for the news. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for everything. Uh, I really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you, man. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. No problem. All right, man. Take care. You too. We'll do this again. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of True Chicago Sports Fans, the podcast. Please remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you may get your podcast.